0: Yo, and welcome back to the last episode of Season 1's TK's A Brigade. I am your host, TK. This has been an interesting first season for me. First podcast ever. We did a lot of different topics over the last season. Talked about addiction. Had some fun ones. We talked with my friend, Corbin. He was a pastor's kid. I had my friend, Tracy, on. Talked about... uh, different laws that were passed had some fun ones about movies but this one's a pretty serious topic and to end it on this it, it was stirring my spirit so I decided that I'd make this the last episode of season one today I'm gonna talk about suicide that's a pretty hefty topic but to be honest it's a pretty serious topic you know, growing up, I never really thought about suicide. I never thought about the idea of taking my own life. I never thought that that would be something that I would ever deal with or struggle with because I always felt like life was too good. There was too many things to do and too many fun times to be had to consider taking my life. However, over the last probably six to eight years, uh, that. Lens has been a lens to look through in a different way. As a matter of fact, back in 2016, uh, when I graduated from college, that, um, that season right before graduation was probably the first time in my life that I really understood why suicide was a legitimate reason for people. I was in a heavy, heavy state of depression I was dealing with some very serious things in my life, spiritually, physically, and I realized, I realized that uh, suicide was something that I could, I could fulfill, and it would end whatever situations I was in, it would, it would fix problems that I was dealing with as what I was thinking. And it was interesting because I used the term lens, looking through that lens because in the midst of my depression, I'm I remember at one point it was probably mid to late October of two thousand sixteen. Again, I hadn't graduated yet. I had completed all my credits to graduate, but graduation wasn't until December. But I remember sitting there on the couch one morning and man, I was in a deep, deep state of depression. I felt like my life wasn't going anywhere, even though I had just finished college, done a bunch of stuff to try and gain a degree, and yet I felt that it was all for nothing. All my life goals, you know, weren't going anywhere. And this is in October of 16, and at one point I realized that That lack of hope or that hopelessness that I was feeling for some people definitely can push them to the point of making that conscious decision to end their life. And for me, there was a point in that season, in that that month of October into November where considering it as an option was like staring me in the face and I'm sitting there I remember one morning you know Angela had got up and left and went to work and I was sitting there and I was like, man if I were to do it like if I were to really just go through with that act whether it was um, swallowing a bunch of pills or slitting my wrists or buying a pistol and shoving it in my mouth or simply just walking out onto Federal Boulevard when a you know a dump truck or a bus come flying down the road right at that moment and just ending it. Just putting all those quote-unquote worries, um, those fears, those that pain. Anything that I was dealing with at the time, you know, behind me. And I remember thinking to myself, what would that accomplish? How would taking my own life, how would that affect everyone around me? Because what I realized... In that season was that it wasn't just how I felt. You know, it's one thing to deal with that mindset of hopelessness and feeling like your life is absolutely empty. But knowing that what you do and how you do things in life affect other people, whether they're positive or negative. And in that moment, in that time and I say moment the season that I was dealing with that I realized that that would affect my wife that would affect my children my brothers my sister aunts and uncles cousins nieces nephews everyone that you know says that they love me says that they're there for me that would affect them for a lifetime and I couldn't imagine how my actions could create that ripple effect so to speak in the uh, in the pond of life and I remember spending the month of November in this deep state of depression you know that and that came out of October into November and I remember feeling like God what am I supposed to do what am I supposed to accomplish in my life if everything that I've done prior to this has failed I haven't succeeded in anything I spent 12 years in college. Some people say, what took you so long? Why did it take you so long to get through school? Why can't you be more efficient with your time when it comes to college? And this is what I'll tell people. Anybody that knows me knows that I'm not a quitter. I don't quit. I don't care what anybody says. I might take longer to do something, but I promise you, I don't quit. And the reason it took me so long to go through college is because I didn't finish high school. There was some... Serious situations going on in my life that I made a conscious choice to walk away from high school because at the time it was not something that I felt was benefiting my life so I quit and I use the word quit because I just didn't care to succeed in that season I didn't care whether or not I was successful all I cared about was avoiding the The goals that I needed to accomplish at the time. I was avoiding anything that people were saying, you should finish high school. You should do this. And I said, nah, I'm going to do over here. I'm going to come over here and I'm going to try drugs. You know, I'm going to be, you know, a rebellious person. I'm going to find ways to uh, push back against the system. And one of those ways was to not finish high school. And for those that hear this, that ever consider not finishing school, I'm going to tell you right now, whether or not you go to college, that is completely different than high school because high school is fundamental for the growth of your brain. It sets you up to look at life in a way that says, okay, I can accomplish my goals when I put the work in. And I didn't want to put the work in in high school. I didn't care whether or not I understood algebra I hate math I will always hate math and that was one of those things that I looked at school and was like you know what I don't care that I don't know this because it's not gonna help me later on in life so my sophomore year I dropped out in hindsight I wish that I had not done that because looking forward in life and realizing that school would have been so much more beneficial to me in my later years. But see, I didn't think of that at the time. I was too busy getting high. I was too busy trying to be something else. Granted, four years after I dropped out of high school, I went and got my GED. And then, you know, I was at work one day, and I was thinking to myself, I was bouncing at the time, and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, do I want to be a bar bouncer for the rest of my life? Or... Do I want to grow my brain and actually succeed in life more than just a paycheck every couple of weeks? And making a decision to go to school was, was important. And so the reason I bring this up is because that is why it took me so long to finish college. Well, that was one of the reasons. It was because I didn't finish my sophomore year, so technically the first four to five years of college... Were sophomore, junior, and senior year. Now, yes, I could have done it in probably a year and a half, two years. But the thing was, was I was so excited about like learning new things that I was just taking class after class. A lot of the classes I took my first uh, six semesters in college were just remedial classes that were to probably been covered in high school. But then, you know, I start getting into classes that really didn't have anything to do per se with a specific degree it were just good classes to gain knowledge and you know to be honest going back I probably would have not taken you know two years of college credit classes that didn't do anything to transfer or help me with my degree but I was getting educated and that was why I was having fun now I transferred to uh, Metro in 2007 And it wasn't Metro that I went to at first. I actually went to the Community College of Denver. I had been going to Front Range, and I decided that I wanted to try to get focused on a degree. So I went, I finished my quote-unquote associate credits at uh, Community College of Denver, and then I transferred to uh, Metro State. And when I transferred, I still had not declared a major, so I was just taking classes and at the time, I was only doing half time, So that's another reason why it took me um, as long as it did to finish college because I wasn't going full-time. I was only doing halftime credits. So probably four years of my college career were halftime credits. So I was only doing six credits at the time, but I was working. So I was trying to you know, balance the work in the school. But the most important thing that I really was focusing on when it came to that was a simple fact that I wanted to get a 4.0. I wanted A's in all of my classes and so I didn't want to be bogged down with a bunch of classes just to get through it. I really wanted to gain that knowledge so that I could apply it later in life. Fast forward 2016 I started of Sound Mind with Ross in 2013 we were gaining you know some notoriety in you know in small areas i mean nothing special but we were starting to get noticed you know certain areas people were starting to listen people were starting to follow us we were getting gigs you know i brought on my friend tony from junior high who was a phenomenal guitar player um, he really exemplified his work ethic when it came to um, whatever he did and so i really felt comfortable bringing him on board in 2014. Unfortunately, in 2015, um, he lost his life, and that was a big blow. Because I watched him go from being a top-tier wrestler, um, coach, a musician to—and um, I hate to say this—but he a sloppy, drunk, drug addict. And by the grace of God, he was able to get clean, and he stayed clean for a year and a half. And unfortunately. Um, you know, it still cost him his life. I don't know that drugs or alcohol were the, the factor for his loss of life. But I do know that either way, he lost his life in 2015. And so a year and a half later, here I am in this depressed, suicidal mindset. You know, I, I'd gone through college, was going to get a degree. And I'm like, where am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to do with my life? Because here I am and I have no direction. I have no focus. And depression is an interesting thing because, you know, you can hear stories upon stories, days and weeks and months of people talking about depression and how it causes things to happen in your life, whether it's weight gain or whether it's excessive drug use or alcohol use or you're extremely promiscuous Like you want to have sex with everybody Or you want to be a thief I mean there's so many different things that, that uh, Contribute to your actions When that term depression is added to it And you know like I said Growing up I never dealt with that idea of depression Because I was always happy I always wanted to be everybody's friend And honestly I thought I was I thought I had tons of friends And And You know, reality is, it's cruel sometimes because the people you think are your friends, you know, in life turn out to not be. And they don't care about you. They don't care, you know, whether you're doing well. And I don't say that about everybody. But it's, like I said, reality is definitely different than the idea that you create in your mind. And so, you know, growing up in the Midwest, parents split up when I was 14 came to Colorado didn't care about my walk with God didn't care how I presented myself in a Christian mindset I was more concerned about trying to just kind of drown out any any hurt I don't want to use the term pain but there was pain you know and, and that was in 95 and you know getting into 2016 so almost um, 20 years later you know I'm, I'm laying on the couch you know, in, in a mobile home trailer, thinking that my my life was gonna be that—that uh, that the existence of life was gonna be living in a mobile home full of mice. You know, barely able to survive, having to borrow money every month from you know family just to pay bills. You know, trying to work two or three jobs and still not even covering debts watching my wife be successful and I champion her I champion her so much because she is such a hard worker she is such a good ethic and even when she's down even when she has bad days like she finds ways to just be so positive and I remember thinking at one point if I decide and I hate the term if just so we're clear if anybody's listening I hate that term if because if is a doubt word so that was a huge term for me in that in that season. If I decided to take my own life, who would it really affect? How would they really care? Would they really give a, you know a damn about me? And I realized that my children would, my wife would, my family would. And I believe that there are friends that I have in my life that would, but I think the most important would be that God would miss what he has for me. And here I am six years later and I'm in that same mindset. What purpose do I have in life? I have been going through the last month of serious depression because I feel like I can't contribute. The last two years of my life have been um, dealing with multiple types of sickness, um, diabetes, um, infections, bacterias on my body that I never knew would affect me the way they have. My wife has been the champion of our family, and I have been going through another season bout of depression to the point that suicide wants to show its face. And I realized yesterday, I was sitting there, and I was in a, a state of pity. And I only say this because I know that people will throw that at you. Oh, you know, throwing yourself a pity party. And yeah, to be honest, when you're in a state where you don't feel like you're worth anything and your life sucks and there's nothing going good and you're barely hanging on. Yeah, you're going to throw a pity party. And I don't expect anybody to um, bring me gifts in my pity party. That's not why I'm even saying anything about it. Because I know that it's my, it's on me. It's not, it's not anyone else's responsibility to to uh, to face my my demons, face the the things that the enemy throws at me. You know, I was sitting here yesterday, man, in just a just a putrid state. And I was, yeah, I was feeling bad for myself. And my son comes up to me in that moment my six-year-old and you know, he's he's kind of giggling to himself and you know, my children are weird like me I'm a weird guy and when I say weird, I just mean like I make funny noises and funny faces and say stupid stuff that tries to make people laugh and so, you know, a lot of people think that's weird and so my kids have picked up that and they're all like that in some form or fashion but my six-year-old comes up to me on the couch and you know, he, he makes a goofy funny face and he doesn't realize that I'm sitting there by myself and I'm crying to myself about my own pity about my lack of success and my lack of um, just drive in my life at this at this time and he sits down next to me and he's talking to me you know like his expectation is that I'm listening to what he's saying which he's just talking about a video game that he's been playing it's about you know dinosaurs and he loves dinosaurs so he's going on about this dinosaur that he finally got and he wants it as a pet and maybe we can get him one for his birthday when his birthday comes and he's just going on and he's not really oblivious. I should say he's oblivious to what's going on around him, especially with me. And I'm trying to cover it up. I'm trying to be, you know, I'm trying to put on this facade of a, you know, just chilling, but I can't help myself because I've been, you know, kind of weeping to myself. And he turns around and he goes, are you crying dad? And I said, what? And he goes, are you that happy about me getting a new dinosaur? And I I took that for that split second, and I thought, this child doesn't know the depth of pain that people can go through. Stubbing his toe or smacking his hand on the wall or, you know, falling off his bike. Like, that's the depth of his understanding of pain. He doesn't understand the depth of spiritual pain or emotional pain yet. And I thought, taking my own life and not being here to defend him against that spiritual attack to be his support status but instead to be a coward and I say that a coward because as deep and lost as I am To believe that the devil can convince me that killing myself is what is going to end whatever problem I might have is a lie. It is a lie from the pit of hell, from the devil's mouth himself, because God created us to be fruitful. God created us to grow and to live, to serve him. We are not here to serve the enemy. God has created us to be purposeful. God gave us children to grow them so that when they get to the point of their adult years, they don't turn away from the truth. And I'm going to tell you right now, you can believe whatever truth you want to believe, but I'm going to tell you that suicide is a lie from the pit of hell. It is not true that your life is that hopeless. It is not true that you don't have a way out. As much as you want to pity your life, and I say this in love, There are people there around you. They might not be your immediate family. They might not even know you directly. But there are people that have gone through that pain. And it might not even be the same pain. It might be a different pain. But you know what? This is something I realized about pain. Pain creates an emotional response. And whether it's physical pain or emotional pain, when you give those things to God, when you say, God, I can't do this by myself, Jesus... I cannot do this. I'm not going to do this by myself. I'm not I'm not going to try because I fail every time. My life implodes when I try and do it all by myself. When I try to say, "You know what? I got this. I don't need any help. I don't need any family help. I don't need any spiritual help. I'm going to do what I'm going to do all by myself." I fail every single time. It doesn't matter. I've never been successful when I try to do it by myself, but I'm going to say this. I have four beautiful children. I have a beautiful wife, a family, and God has blessed me with a home. I'm sitting in my own recording studio in my own house, a dream that I've had since I was six years old. And I will say this, whoever's listening, whether this impacts you or not, because I don't know who it will impact and I don't know who will turn it off but I'm going to say this is that you have a choice you can decide to play into that role think that there's no hope believe that your life is worthless and just end it or you can pick yourself up and you can say you know what one foot in front of the other As my boy Mr. Kinsan would say, heel to toe, heel to toe. Because when you put your foot in front of the other, and you say, God, I can't do this, and I'm not going to do this by myself, God, I need your help. Funny thing happens. God shows up. You can believe that or not. I don't. I I, when I say that I don't care whether you believe it is because I'm not here to convince you to believe it. Because I know, and this is from personal experience. I've seen God show up in my life in those seasons, in those moments. In 16, when I really was on the verge of really like coming up with a, a plan to just find a way to, to do this deed, this suicidal mindset. And God said, Trav, do you really want to do that? Do you really think that your life is that worthless? Yeah, Lord, I do. And he said, no, it's not. And he came to me in a dream. The Holy Spirit came to me in a dream and he showed me those things and I say six years later here I am eight years later six years later six years later yeah six years later struggling with that same depression struggling with that same idea and I realize that when you let up and you let the enemy get into your head and convince you of something and you allow it to happen and I say you because you have a decision to make then he will convince you until you either pull the trigger, slit your wrist, uh, turn the car on in the garage, hang yourself, whatever, whatever decision, however, what method you choose. When you let him convince you, then you will pull, you'll, you'll, you'll do it. But when you let God take over, you let Jesus step in, say, okay, I realize that you're struggling. And you speak about it, speak up reach out to a friend and say, man, I'm struggling, man. Okay. And not everybody can be the voice to speak to because some people, they just don't know how to handle it when you tell them something like that. They just go, whoa, hey, man, there's a hotline. And there is. Not not, And I'm not speaking against that at all. That's It's very good. What I'm saying is there are certain people in your life that you can express those feelings to and they just go, okay and they listen they don't judge you or try to give you a bunch of advice they just listen and I'm telling you those types of people are valuable extremely valuable so here I sit June 6th 2022 it's about 3 o'clock in the afternoon and I realize as I'm talking that Jeremiah 29 11 says for I know the plans that I have for you declares the Lord the plans to prosper you not to harm you plans to give you hope in a future I mean that scripture in some contexts is very cliche but you know what it's also so powerful that it's like it's seriously it's like a slap of reality to the face it just is there I want to encourage anybody that hears this you go through those seasons because like I just told you I've been through them and those were two this last month in 2016 those were those were seasons that were looking through that lens and understanding why people do what they do and at times considering it but knowing that I have more to give God has more for me and again that might sound cliche but I don't care because I believe that I'm not done yet I believe that I have a purpose to serve in this life I have children to see grow and be successful in their life. I have a wife to to support. So I just want to say this. I'm going to leave this with that. This being the last episode of season one of TK's A-Brigade, I encourage anybody that hears this, please, you know, you ever go through some issues like this, don't be afraid to reach out. You can reach out to me. Like I said, there are some people in your life where, They just need to be a listener. They don't need to give you advice. They don't need to try to tell you what to do. They just need to listen. And I promise you, I promise you, I can be a person to just listen because I know what it's like. This is TK's A-Brigade. I'm your host, TK, talking about suicide, talking about being successful in life. I hope that whoever hears this that might be going through that is not afraid to speak up not afraid to reach out because I promise you somebody in your life is there to just listen and I promise you this that Jesus as cliche as that sounds Jesus is always listening and I promise you he will affect your t- life and he will, there will be an effective change in your life I believe that wholeheartedly thank you for listening we're coming out with season 2 It's going to be a friend's season. It's going to go for a couple of seasons, and we're going to be talking to different friends. Primarily, I have a friend, uh, Chris, a.k.a. Doughboy, that I'm going to be talking with for most of the episodes. But like, subscribe, share it. Check it out, TK's A-Brigade. For those that are listening, I hope this will affect change in your life. Until next time, y'all. Peace.